Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back, everybody. Second hour at TD Green here on the air on WGR Sports Radio 550, along with Kevin Sylvester and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Griswold, Corey Griswold producing. Thanks for joining us here. Our special coverage of the PGA Championship here on TD Green presented by Niagara Frontier Golf Club. It's not too late to call Frontier home. Join now. You can play the remainder of 2020 for just 1000 bucks, and then have that money applied for your 2021 dues. Call membership director Jake Tino today for more information. If you missed our interview back in our first hour with Jake and the head pro at Niagara Frontier, Dan Antonucci, uh, it'll be up in our on-demand audio section a little bit later this morning at WGR550.com, or if you want more info on Niagara Frontier, uh, feel free to reach out to one of us. We'll get you in contact with them. Speaking of Niagara Frontier, a reminder, if you're just joining us, they are giving away free rounds of golf on Twitter. So make sure you're following us on T to Green at T2G Buffalo and also at Niagara Frontier. Uh, today and tomorrow, we'll be giving away free rounds for you and a guest just by answering a simple golf trivia question. We've done it on, on uh, Thursday and Friday, so we'll do it again. So check your Twitter feed there. Make sure you're following those two things. Also, our... Majors Challenge has some uh, – all the rosters are up. It's pinned on my Twitter handle at BrianWGR, so you can check out where you're at. If you missed it, don't worry. We'll do another one next month for the U.S. Open. But as we get here into hour number two, we're going to get our check of the PGA Tour leaderboard brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different. I love playing that golf ball. We'll get to that in a second here. And also by Puma Golf Shoes. The top of the leaderboard – has a name that maybe many of you didn't know coming in. World number 114, Hao Tong Lee. He played last week at the St. Jude Invitational, finished in 75th. By the way, they only invite about that many anyway, so that wasn't a good outing for him. He played at the Memorial, missed the cut. Previously, in his other four events before that, around the world, he had missed the cut in three of his last four. So, uh, Kevin, to say that uh, Hao Tong Lee was going to be a, an upset special pick from anybody is an outright lie. <laughs> anybody, say, got, anybody got in the majors challenge? Is he on anybody's roster? He is on uh, no one's roster. Right. I was going to say, he's on nobody's roster. Nobody picked him at their club's pool for the week. Um, you know, I don't think anybody went down to the sports book and, and put money on Hao Tong Lee uh, based upon that performance. Um, listen, he's played well in the past. Um, I want to say, was he on, he was on the president's cup team, right? I, I believe so. Yep. He played in Australia. 
Um, but I don't think he played that great uh, for that. Was it 18 or is it 19? He was top five at the Open Championship. Might have been his top five at an Open Championship in the last two years. So it's not like he hasn't played well. It's not like he's not capable of playing well. Um, and this is a guy, you know, he resides in the States here uh, professionally. So um, I've certainly heard of Hao Tong Lee uh, prior to this, but it is surprising uh, what he was able to do in round two. Now, We'll see what he does today in round three, playing in that final group with the pressure of the PGA Championship. And then when he looks, he looks at the leaderboard and the guys behind him, and you've got PGA champions. And let's not kid ourselves. If Tiger makes a move, it's today. It's this weekend, right? I mean, yep. Tiger's going to put some – he's going to be heard from in this PGA Championship. He always is. He, last year, Bell Reeby was. Um, so there's a lot of guys, Brooks Kepka. Uh, we talked about earlier, it's going to be that Roy's going to try to make a charge today. Uh, you know, it's just going to be an exciting day of golf. Yeah, there yeah, is Brooks a... Kepka going oh, go ahead, for go ahead. three PGA championships in a row. Um, he had that chance with the U.S. Open also, didn't he? Um, if I'm yeah, not he mistaken. finished second. He finished yeah. second. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that fellow might be breathing down your neck this weekend. I, uh, good luck to Hao Tong Lee. I hope he does well, but my, my hopes aren't high for him. The story for him – if you watch the end of the broadcast yesterday of round two on ESPN, they actually had a counter going. He was still at the golf course six hours after he had completed his round. Jason Day said he saw him on the putting green when he started his round. And then Day said he saw him back out there in the practice range area after he finished his round. Now, they did report that he did go home for a little bit to grab some dinner, and he said, rest up a little. But he came back. Jeff, he obviously – is wanting to take advantage of this situation. This is the, the biggest spotlight of his career. He's going into the weekend leading a major. Would you have advised him to practice that much, or is that okay, or is that something you would not advise against because it's so draining to play in an event like this? Uh, what would you have said if he was looking for your advice on him being at that course for hours and hours and hours, just continuing to hit balls and chip and putt? I feel like the, the the gravity of the situation is maybe weighing on him a little bit. I, you know, it's the best time to practice is after a round, but at a certain point it becomes uh, just killing time. Is your practice productive at a certain point? You know, if I was his caddy or something, I'd have gone through a practice routine. I understand working on your short game or your putting or whatever, but at a certain point, let's just go home and get a rest and, and come back in the morning and see what we can do again. I don't know that I could be there four and a half hours, even if it was me in that situation, all of a sudden that would, uh, I don't know how productive that is. I think he's probably very nervous, and he's just trying to be as productive as he can with his time because otherwise he's sitting in this hotel room watching the golf and seeing his name splashed across the leaderboard of a major championship and probably doesn't know how to handle it. There was a, it was an interesting uh, conversation with Bruce Kepka early in the week, and, and I've heard this from a lot of players. Tiger used to say this too. You know, at the beginning of an event, there's 156 players. Well, no, there's not. He doesn't have to beat 156. He's got to beat about – 25 guys or so because half of them don't think they can win. The other half aren't playing. You know, there's a million things and, and about 25 guys are playing well and think they can win. And I don't think how Chong Lee's in that category. And um, he's probably very nervous. Um, I, I wish him well. All these players are great. I mean, that's the thing. We talk about how Tong Lee, like he's a scrub. He's the 115th best player in the world out of a billion golfers or whatever there is. So he's a great player, but he's in rarefied air, and he seems a little bit uncomfortable by hanging out that long afterwards, especially if that's out of character for him. Well, uh, let me, uh, and it may not be out of character for him, and let's not forget, you know, there 
with COVID, there's not going to go to a Giants game, right? You know, baseball. Yeah. So may not be a whole lot to do uh, in San Fran. But, you know, to your point, yes, uh, 115, 117 in the world, that's pretty darn good when you think about uh, We're talking worldwide here. By the way, uh, he's no stranger to major championships. Uh, that result I mentioned, third in the Open Championship, that was 2017. Um, in 2018, he was tied for 16th at the U.S. Open and tied at, 30, at T32 at the Masters that year. So uh, it's it's not like he hasn't played on the big stage, but this is a uh, – I shouldn't say – it's not like he hasn't, he hasn't finished well in majors, but now he's on the big stage. He's got the final grouping on a Saturday on national TV at the PGA Championship with all those uh, major champions, the guys who've won before uh, ahead of him. But, you know, let, let's uh, think back to a guy by the name of Y.E. Yang and how he took Tiger Woods right to the limit. And Tiger won the PGA Championship and just how great Y.E. Yang came on the scene and how Tong Lee's more accomplished than Y.E. Yang is. Yeah, catch anybody for, you know, four days. Hopefully you catch, uh, catch fire in a what, fire in a bottle. What's that old thing? Lightning in a bottle. A, Lightning in a bottle, that's it. And, uh, yeah, like you said, he's a very good player, 117th in the world. Anything can happen. Uh, but you, it, I do think it takes time to learn how to win. I mean, it takes time to learn. It takes time to learn to be a PGA player. And it takes time to learn how to win on the PGA Tour. And then it's also learning to win major championships. And this is hopefully another step for him in that direction, you know, uh, trying to be trying to beat the best players in the world in one of the biggest events is a little different than winning – the John Deere classic, I guess, uh, is what I'm trying to say. So Lee goes into the weekend at eight under par, and then there's a six-way tie at six under. Tommy Fleetwood shot an amazing 64 yesterday, so he's at minus six. Jason Day, major winner. Uh, Daniel Berger, who's been playing outstanding this year, he's at six under. Brooks Kepka, we know, going for three PGA championships in a row. Justin Rose, a multiple-time major winner. He's at minus six. And then another guy you may not know much about, Mike Lorenzo Vera, is at minus six. He was actually at seven under. He would have been in the final group, but he bogeyed his final hole. But, boy, that group of Fleetwood Day, Berger, Kepka, Rose, coming at you, Kevin. Uh, those are the names you mentioned. So not only is Lee going to have to handle the pressure for himself, but uh, if he slips up at all, boy, look at those names that are coming to try to catch him. I mean, does, doesn't that scream a Sunday final pairing of Kepka and Fleetwood? I mean, if you look at guys who performed well in the majors here down the stretch, I mean, hopefully would have had a phenomenal round on yesterday and he'd have put himself in that position. But that's what that guy does. And you're like, you're, you're wondering when is Fleetwood going to get a win, right? I mean, it's, it's incredible how much we talk and see Tommy Fleetwood at the majors. So I certainly expect him to be there this weekend. At, you have to expect Kepka uh, to, be, to be there. I mean, it was almost – it was incredible to see him rinse it off the tee at uh, the FedEx St. Jude Invitational um, on 18 when he needed birdie, a chance to tie Justin Thomas. That, that was unkepka like uh, when he did it. And, but you knew he's in form, right? The guy uh, was revving himself up for this week and everything he's done to date. You know, like, uh, you know, where's Brooks Kepka? All of a sudden he shows up in the last two weeks and, you know, two of the biggest tournaments, a World Golf Championship and, and now the PGA Championship. I expect those two guys. Justin Rose, I thought he was very erratic on Thursday. Um, you know, it, w w he'll be playing in the afternoon. That's better. Rose has had back issues throughout his career. Um, so, you know, that's something 
concerned about a little bit there. Um, but he's a major champion, Olympic champion. He certainly knows how to play well. Dan Berger's a guy to watch. He has done nothing but play fantastic golf this year, this season on the PGA Tour. And, of course, he won at Colonial in the playoff. But that, that's certainly a guy. And there's going to be, you know, Jason Day, I think a lot of people are surprised at Jason Day. But really leading up to it, he's played really well coming into the PGA Championship. He has won before, and I don't think he's going away either. If you haven't watched during this restart, you may not have noticed how good Daniel Berger has been. Listen to these last handful of events for him. Last week, second. He did miss the cut at the Memorial. But before that, third at the RBC Heritage. He won the Charles Schwab Challenge. And then back in March, Honda Classic tied for fourth. Pebble Beach tied for fifth. Waste Management tied for ninth. So, Kevin, his last seven tournaments, five of those seven, he's been in the top ten. So he's and look at he's right here going into the weekend. So even though he doesn't have the major resume that Day and Kepka and Rose has, uh, he's obviously playing as good as anybody this year is in terms of just since the restart and even before the restart. Well, this this guy he, he was injured, right? So as last year he came back from a wrist injury, but prior to that, you know, he won back to back FedEx St. Jude. So no shock that he finished second last week at TPC Southwind in Memphis. He lost to uh, Jordan Spieth at the Travelers in that playoff. Remember Jordan holding out from the bunker? I was working that event. I was standing right behind the green at 18. One of uh, the most iconic celebrations in recent golf memory with him and his caddy and him th- tossing the club up, right? I'll never, I'll never <laughs> forget it. It was, it, was, it was like a buzzer beater, right? And everybody going nuts uh, with everybody packed in there uh, at TPC River Highlands. And Dan Berger hadn't gone yet. He still had a chance to tie, and he just burned the edge on his birdie attempt uh, from just off the green. Uh, and he was a President's Cup team member. This guy's a heck of a player, and his battle is way back. So, yeah, don't discount Dan Berger. And, and there's some guys not too far back. I saw Dustin Johnson had a good second round, 67. He's three under. Um, four, there's a lot four of, under, yeah. Four under, sorry. Yeah. There's a lot of guys close, and, uh, you know, not just the six unders. I did see a stat where uh, – the leader has been in the top 10 going into the weekend. Uh, the winner of the PGA has been in the top 10 going into the weekend over the last 24 of the last 25 years or something. The, or 24 of the last 25 major championships. Yeah. So uh, you're going to have to be near the top. But, uh, but there's, there's a big group there. And I just think Hao Chong Lee's probably a, an outlier at this point. Well, and that's the thing we, we talked about in our last segment. There's Justin Thomas, Rory McIlroy, Tiger Woods. Those three guys that played together. Sitting there, Rory minus one, Tiger even, JT at plus one. Can they chase down Lee? Maybe. But that means they would also have to catch the Fleetwood Day, Berger, Kepka, Rose group. Are all of them going to come back enough to, I mean, I don't, I don't see Thomas, Tiger, or Rory going out and shooting 62 to just no. make up the gap all of a sudden. So these guys are going to have to come back a little. And I just think there's, too many just proven commodities there, Jeff, in that group uh, that's at six under that, yes, it would be great if Tiger could somehow make up the six strokes, but is he going to do it on all six of those guys? That's the tough part. But you can see a guy going 66-66 this weekend, and yeah. it depends It depends how the – you know, par is going to get harder and harder to sh- – you know, it's going to be a better and better score as this tournament goes on. Those greens aren't going to get slower, and they're not going to get softer, and the rough's not going to get shorter. So, um, you know, it's going to be firm. It's going to be fast. 
it may be a little bit of an advantage to get out early tomorrow. Maybe a little bit softer. The greens will be a little bit smoother, a little moisture in the air, uh, soften things up a little bit. Later in the day, it could be baked out and crunchy and crispy, and the wind could get blowing. There's a million things that could happen. I mean, 36 holes are only halfway. Um, you know, the Bills were down 31-3 to at a halftime of a football game. So uh, this is uh, – I think they can you – know, I think there's a long way to go. Some of those guys that go out early, I'd, I'll be interested to watch and see how those scores go early if anybody can shoot a good score. And if the weather, if the wind picks up or something, you know, it might be, it might, it might be six under, might be the lead going into Sunday. So who knows what will happen. Jeff, you mentioned the, the firm greens. I heard Jason Day say after his round on Friday that it did get tougher for him. He ended up shooting a 69 after first round 65. He said that the afternoon was a little tougher because the wind started to pick up but he said it's more so not even the wind. He said it's that the greens get firmed up because of that. So I, I guess I want to say, what are they going to, what, what are the, what are the best in the world do in that scenario? And also just for us amateurs, if we're playing a course where maybe we're saying, wow, these greens are hard and firm. Like, is it just as simple as taking one less club or like, what do you think the pros are doing? And then maybe talk about the amateurs. Uh, well, it's going to put a, even more of a premium. And there's already a premium on getting the ball in the fairway there so you can put some spin on the ball. Um, and it depends where the pins are. You know, you, you just might not be able to aim at some pins. You may have to pitch to the center or aim, you know, aim at the center of the greens a little bit more. You hear these guys talking, everybody's trying to have uphill putts. So how many uphill putts can you give yourself all day? So they're, they're often not even aiming where the pin is. They're aiming at a spot where they can, in these majors, to put uphill at at the pin or, you know, you don't want to be in certain spots where you have a downhill slider and put a lot of pressure on your putting game. Um, and, and once again, premium to get in the fairway short game, these guys are the, the, every time I watch majors, that's when I'm most impressed with these players because you see how very, very good their short games really are. I mean, how often they get up and down from some of these brutal eyes or from 40 yards from a tight lie over a bunker into a rock hard green, you know, all those kind of things that they get up in town during these situations. So I think it's going to put, you know, pressure. And that's why I think the majors have a different feel to them. You know, that's why you see guys, I think you have to learn to win in majors. You don't come out on tour like Tiger did and win your, you know, your majors right away in most cases. So you have to get used to playing in those conditions and patience. You know, it's 36 holes. It takes a little while. You're going to make a bogey. You're probably going to make a double between here and the end of the, the event. So just accept it and keep grinding. Um, but that's, you know, it's I, I still think there's room for someone to uh, to shoot a good score tomorrow and jump right back into it. I'll give you two guys who I think can do it um, that are four under par. That is Xander Shoffley, who a lot of people love going into this uh, tournament and still like and Dustin Johnson, right? Um, by the way, it just, I, I you know, I, I wasn't going to say it today on the show, Brian, but I was texting you after he said it. I, I'm not going to mention his name because, listen, I make mistakes as an announcer, okay? I'm not perfect. That's Jeff, I know that's a shock to you. No. But I'm, I'm, I'm watching a feature group, and the, the ESPN announcer, uh, who I think does a great job on SportsCenter, I'll just say that, but makes a comment. This is early. I mean, early on, DJ's two under pars. Like, oh, look at Dustin as he's going to break. Look at Dustin Johnson, two under. There's a guy who hasn't played well since the restart, but he's got it going today. Go to break. I'm like, it's not playing well. The restart, the guy freaking won. 
He won the Travelers. What do you mean he's not playing well? Yeah. Are you kidding me? He wins every year. He just won uh, just over a month ago in Hartford. <laughs> you say he's not playing well? Are you kidding me? Now, maybe as of late, you know, like last week he didn't play great, but you've got to be kidding me with that. So, I, anyhow, nobody – I do like David – do you like David Duvall? What's that? Do you like David Duvall as an announcer? Oh, yeah. I think Duvall does uh, an excellent job. Yeah, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. I, you know, listen, I, overall, um, and, and I was watching feature group stuff, and these are some of the people I, I, I work with uh, on tour. Like, they all do a great job. But just this one guy, I'm like, dude, shut up. Stop talking over Curtis Strange uh, and Jane Crafter. Let the golf – like, seriously, he, just, he was just trying to prove his golf knowledge. It's like, shut up. I want to hear – I want to hear two-time major winner Curtis Strange tell me about golf shots and Jane, who's down there on the golf course with the windy conditions um, and how shots are going. I want to hear them. Um, you know, listen to Jim Nance. He stays the hell out of the way, doesn't he? Right? Yep. Dan Nance, stays uh, the hell well, out of the way. Analysts shine. You, you set up your analysts to shine, no doubt. I will say this. ESPN's coverage in terms of the amount of shots we're seeing has been excellent. They are yeah, going, notice that. We have fast. seen a lot. Yes, fast. And I saw Scott Van Pelt actually do an interview about this. He said they are trying to give more golf shots per minute than any other major broadcast in history. I think they're accomplishing that. And I mean, not only – we're still seeing the feature group. I mean, we, we saw almost every shot of JT and Tiger and, um, and Rory yesterday. But they're showing the leaders. We're seeing a lot of other players there too. I know when you have a bigger window, it's easier to do that. But – the time in between, they are doing it, I think, really, really well. And there hasn't been a lot of commercial breaks either. I think, you know, overall, it's, I, I think this has been a, a pretty good presentation for ESPN's first year on the PGA coverage of it. Yeah. No, I, I, well, you know, they've done golf before. Yeah. In the Open Championship. So, you know, they, you know, Van Pelt came from Golf Channel. Yeah, they've done it. They've done it. They've done a great job. Billy Kratzer's awesome. Awesome guy, by the way. <laughs> He's just a, uh, it was on the, on the golf course. Yeah, I think overall they've done overall an excellent job. But let me get back to Dustin Johnson. We haven't talked about him. Xander Shoffley, these guys at four under par. It's tied for 11th right now. Listen, they're in the mix. They are, those guys can go low. They've got the distance. They've got the game to do it. Um, you know, Shoffley, this is a guy who's going to win a major at some point in his career, still a young player. It wouldn't surprise me to see him make a charge today. One name we haven't said yet, and we probably should because we're over an hour into the show, is Bryson DeChambeau. Minus two, shot 68 and 70. Jeff, you in our first hour talked about the course setup. Can Bryson's bombs away sort of mentality win in this conditions? Or let's even say, can he make a heroic run here by if he gets hot all of a sudden and maybe some putts start falling? He can. I don't think he's gonna. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I think Bryson's one of these guys. He gets hot. He tries something new, and it works for him for a little while, and then he's on to the trying to something new again. Um, I feel like he's always he's one of those guys. He's an itinerant tinkerer, as they say. And um, I, you know, I'm I'm not real confident in his future with this bombing thing. You know, uh, I saw that 79 uh, PGA Tour players average over 300 yards. So there's a lot of long hitters out there. You know, maybe he's hitting at 330, uh, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that are hitting at 310. So, uh, 
And, you know, I, th- I, I, I actually got annoyed. He broke his driver. Or the shaft broke on his driver the other day. And I was on Twitter. Every third tweet was about him breaking his driver. It was like, come on. That happens all the time on tour. But, you know, he's kind of the buzz, the buzz of the game right now because he's swinging so hard. But I don't have a lot of confidence. I don't like his short game. I don't like his wedge play. Um, right now, I feel the distance is the only thing he's really got going well in his game. Bryson, by the way, could replace his driver because he didn't do – he didn't slam the club or, you know, throw it down in disgust. So yeah, but he, that was like, his shaft. he, he, he was his leaning shaft. down to get a tee. Yes. So by the rules, he was deemed to be able to replace it. Yes, that, that's what I think is important because, you know, some people, oh, they heard he broke his driver. Would he cave the face in from hitting it or he snapped because he swung so hard? No, he leaned down to pick up his tee and snapped it. By the way, we've got to say Ricky Fowler. I know we want to talk about that when we come back. Yeah, let's do that when we come back. Yeah, okay. Fowler misses the cut on the number or misses it by one. we got to tell you how this happened, and then, you know, I'm sure we've all related to this. So we'll have that coming up. Our champions report, we got some info on Mickelson, Jim Furyk, who won last week. Uh, that's all coming up. And then, of course, the end of the show – our what we'd like to call our readjusted pick segment. Jeff, you picked Kepka though, so I have a feeling you're gonna stick with your guy. Anyway. Yeah, I'm gonna pick him in the next three majors too, just so right. you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we will take a break here. Our two-hour special and our tee to green coverage of the PGA championship this week presented by Niagara Frontier Golf Club. It's not too late to call Frontier home for this year. Join now. You can play for the remainder of 2020 for a thousand dollars. Then you can have that money applied to your 2021 dues. Call membership director Jake Tino today. For more information. Thanks to Corey Griswold for producing today. Thanks to Jeff Medes and Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel. I thank you for listening. Don't go anywhere there. Still got some more segments to come here and more PGA Championship talk when we return on T to Green on WGR. And welcome back here, T to Green, two-hour edition. Champion, PGA Championship edition for you. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Medes. Thanks for being with us. Our extra hour of coverage and all of our coverage this week on the PGA Championship presented by Niagara Frontier Golf Club. Not too late. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
to call Frontier home this year. Join now. You can play the remainder of 2020 for 1000 bucks, and then you can have that money applied to your 2021 dues. Call Membership Director Jake Tino today for more information. Uh, Jake Tino, the Membership Director, and Dan Antonucci, the head PGA pro, joined us in our first hour. Uh, if you missed any of the interview and you want to hear it, uh, it'll be up on our on-demand audio section this morning at WGR550.com. We'll have trivia giveaways courtesy of Niagara Frontier, a chance for you and a guest to go play there. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at T2G Buffalo, and also make sure you're following Niagara Frontier on Twitter as well. Uh, if you're in the T to Green Majors Challenge, all the rosters and entries are posted on my Twitter handle uh, at the top of the page. I pinned it there at Brian WGR, so you can check out where you stand going into the weekend. If you didn't get in, we'll uh, have another Majors contest coming up. Uh, in September for the U.S. Open. A chance to win great prizes courtesy of Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel, as well as Golf Buffalo. More PGA Championship, though, talk here. Let's get to our Champions Tour report now, brought to you by Donald Ross, the official clothing of all of us here on Tee to Green. A couple of Champions Tour players here, and I'm saying this with Phil Mickelson because he actually said last week that had he not been high enough in the rankings to play at the World Golf Event at the St. Jude's Invitational, that he would have made his Champions Tour debut last week, that he would have played in that Ally Challenge. He said it's a course that he has played, he's had success with. And Kevin, a lot of the reason was he said he wants to play in a competitive event the week before a major. So had he missed out on the St. Jude, he would have made his Champions Tour debut last week. Mickelson would have. He made the cut, by the way, on the number, plus one. So he'll be playing this weekend. Well, first of all, he played well. Um... Last week at the uh, World Golf Championship, FedEx St. Jude Invitational, and you know he was he was in the mix for sure uh, down the stretch, and made the cut on the number and made the birdie bomb <laughs> on the 18th uh, to, to get there. So uh, neat to have Phil around. I don't know if you saw his Instagram post by the way, where he mixed his coffee. He showed everybody how he makes his coffee and what's he what he puts in it uh, in, in the morning. So. Um, <laughs> it's just fascinating, man. The guy, he's an interesting cat. I had a, I had a chance to, uh, host a, um, a virtual pro-am last week for the FedEx. It was a really cool thing, uh, that I was able to do. And Phil was in the first group. It was, it was Phil Mick, listen to me name dropping, but it was Dustin Johnson, Justin Thomas, Phil Mickelson, the first three, uh, with sponsors Q and A and Phil's answers were just amazing. Uh, in depth, I even asked him about driving the golf ball and, you know, if it's just, you know, it seems to us watching it, everybody just goes up there and it's hundred miles per hour and going, he's like, eh, that's not true. And especially let's talk about Dustin and he's analyzing Dustin Johnson's driver swing and JT's and they're both, the looks on their faces were just kind of like, holy smokes. Like he's really paying attention to what we're doing. Phil's a student of the game. He knows the game immensely in and out, and he is all golf. He just knows everything about it, and he's so into it. Golf course design, when I told him I'm from Buffalo, he's like, okay, what's the, what's the um, um, Donald Ross design up there? I'm like, oh, Country Club of Buffalo. He's like, yeah, but there's another course. I'm like, Craig Byrne. He's like, yeah, it was at Jones. I go, yes, Reese Jones. Like, he knows, man. He is he's so into golf. By the way, DonaldRoss.com, you can buy their clothes online. DonaldRoss.com. I want to mention that. And Mickelson's, a, I feel like, the personality opening up. Jeff, he was always a popular player. Some would argue maybe that he rubbed some the wrong way there for a while, but his likability factor with how he's opened up 
I even think amongst his fellow players, I'm sure, is about as high as it's ever been. Yeah. Now, he's a pretty good Twitter follow now, actually, too. And he's strutting around in them sunglasses. I mean, they're not even golf sunglasses. <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. Uh, you know, maybe it's his midlife crisis that he's 50 now, and uh, he's going to wear cool sunglasses all over the place. But, but he seems like a neat guy. He does seem to give some thoughtful answers when he's asked questions. And he's, he's playing great. You know, he's 50 years old. He's still very competitive in these events. Good for him. Um, he's got the type of swing. He can play a long time. There's not a lot of – he's got a longer, more flowing swing than, like, a Jason Day who just rips at it, you know. Um, so, that's what I think he'll, uh, he'll do well. And I'm excited to watch him get on the senior tour. It'll be great. I think he's going to clean up for a little bit. Yeah, you know who's not excited? Scott McCarron, Bernhard Langer, you know, yeah, those yeah. guys are not excited yeah. to see him out there. Not at all, no. Those sunglasses – yeah, those sunglasses, by the way, any of us would be wearing golfing if the uh, the check that he probably gets to wear them would go our way, too. I might wear them. Yep, I might yeah. put them on. <laughs> I'm willing. As, as ridiculous as hey, I'd look. Yeah. Kevin, let's go ahead and say it publicly again. You and I are also open. Product right? testing. You Product testing, it. sunglasses. And if you want us to wear it, tweet out some pictures of us playing them on the golf course. I will tell you, my 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 polarized fishing sunglasses don't work as well on the golf course as they do on the water. Um, yeah. You know, so I'm just saying, there's certain lenses. There's different lenses for golf, yeah. Yes. Yeah, you want, you you want to increase lenses. the contrast. I don't think you want polarized lenses on the golf course. No, no that's what I'm saying. I wore them once out there, and I was like, I had the wrong sunglasses. I'm like, I got to take these off. It amazes me, by the way, you know, you think about it, all of uh, – all of us and a lot of our listeners out there, uh, most of us wear sunglasses. And when you think about the first guy really wore the sunglasses playing was David Duvall, right? And the wraparound Oakleys uh, Mm -hmm. that he wore and not many players wore sunglasses and still many don't. I find that fascinating that most players in the PGA tour do not wear sunglasses while they're competing on the PGA tour. And believe me, uh, I've been out there. It's like, you know, it's blazing sun. I've got them on while working so many people have them while working. The caddies are wearing them, but the players are not. I find that fascinating. You know, it's it's about reading greens. I think they don't trust it. You know, I've worn them forever. I once Duvall got them, I got them. I was a big Duvall fan back then. I actually got the same shades as him. So uh, he uh, and I think a lot of that's reading the greens because it's a little different view. But I've always wanted the protection for my eyes. And once you get comfortable with them, you can play with them. But I think the players like to to have that crystal clear vision when they're playing. And uh, sometimes the lenses give you a little distortion. I will wear the sunglasses in between shots. I actually don't like having them on when I'm swinging. I think when I'm looking down sometimes, I if there's that teeny little gap, depending upon what kind of sunglasses you have, I don't like to see that. And I agree with you, Jeff. For me, I'm not sitting here comparing myself to a PGA Pro reading greens, but I, I like to see the green as it is without the, the shades on. So I will take them off in between shots if it's one of those bright days where you feel like you got to have them on. But uh, to wrap up our Champions Tour report, let's give a congratulations to Jim Furyk. Last week, he made his Champions Tour debut at the Allied Challenge, and he won in his debut. This week, he's playing in the PGA, misses the cut by one. He ends up finishing plus two. So the two guys were mentioning Mickelson plus one. He makes it on the number. Furyk gets a win last week, plus two. I don't know, Kevin, did you see some of the coverage afterwards? Fluff, his caddy, longtime caddy, was pretty emotional afterwards, too, about Furyk, you know, going on to the Champions Tour and uh, getting a win right away. Well, yeah, I mean, those two have been together a long time. And I'll tell you what, it is, it is amazing that Fluff is still out there. 
uh, on the bench. He's a member at Congressional, by the way. Fluff is. Fluff? Yes. <laughs> Um, but he, he also, looks like hell. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is amazing. They showed a picture of him and yeah, he's life's been hard. I'll tell you what he is. Uh, he, he's, he's <laughs> my interactions with him on the tour. He, he can be a little grumpy, uh, but it's funny. The last uh, at the Travelers Championship, he he's walking up the hill 18 to, to go in. And I mean, it's a steep hill. And I just looked at him. I said, I go, Fluff, you need a tow rope there, brother. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, Fluff, I want it. He's in his 70s. He might even be close to, I'm going to have to look this up while we're talking about it. But I know Fluff is in his 70s. There's no doubt about it. Hey, by the way, did you see what Martin Keimer did this week? Yeah. Shoots 66, and then the poor guy, he hasn't played well. He hasn't played well since he won. It was it 2014. And he goes 66-81. That's a tough way to to miss a cut in the PGA Championship right there. Uh, Fluff, by the way, is 72, 72 mm-hmm. years old. Uh, yeah, that is shocking to see Keimer do that. This is a guy's won, he won two majors, right? Mm. But where has yeah. he been? And then he He's came out of the blue. He won a PGA and a U.S. Open. Yep. He had the neck gaiter. He was the first guy to wear the neck gaiter uh, when he was playing there when it was cold, which is a great idea also. But yeah, 81 in the second round. That's got to be a heartbreaker. First 82, round, he, he ends up shooting, Jeff. 82, oh, did he shoot 82? 66, Jeez. 82. Yeah. By the way, I had that same neck gator Tiger Woods uh, has. So I'm glad to see he and I have the same style. Yeah, you got a lot in common. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're both in our 40s and we both have back. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Hey, uh, let's together, together, we have 15 majors. That's right. That's a good stat. Uh, let's finish here with. Tiger, last night, he's playing late. The sun's going down. You'd think he'd want to get, get out of there. We mentioned earlier about how Tung Lee is staying there. He didn't, Tiger didn't stay this long, but he actually went to the putting green. Very frustrating round two on the putting green there. He actually, for a little there, while was flirting with the cut line, but came in with a couple of birdies late. Uh, he's in tied for 44th. But Wood said, quote, the greens looked faster than what they were putting. They were firm coming into the greens, but they weren't putting as fast as they looked. As the day wore on, they even got a little more fuzzy, got a little more slower. I struggled even to get a little more uh, hitting the putts hard enough. Uh, there's one thing, Jeff, that Tiger's talked about actually over the years is that he doesn't really like greens that are slower that he's used to practicing on, I'm sure, at his practice facility at home where he's practicing so much. But um, he went to practice some more. We know he's changed putters. We'll see if he keeps it for the weekend. But uh, his putting woes obviously are a big reason why maybe he's not higher up the board than he should be right now. And he, he seems very frustrated by it. I think through seven holes uh, on Friday, he'd made eight foot of putts. Oh. And in Thursday, he'd made some putts. He had a pretty decent day. But, um, but yeah, he's definitely struggling, definitely searching with the putter. His full swing Friday didn't look as free as it did Thursday. Um, but, uh, you know, but he's still competitive. I think if he'd have made a few putts, definitely. I mean, he is, as well as he's striking, he was in a position. He could easily be three, four, five under par right now and, and a big factor in this event. Like I said, who knows? Maybe he goes out early tomorrow, finds a little magic, or today finds a little magic and, uh, and lights it up, shoots a good score. But I'm not holding my breath, but I would love to see it. Absolutely. Brian, did we mention Fowler yet? We're going to get oh. to that. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know. We teased it now for two segments. Yeah. We promise we will get to that uh, next segment. However, speaking of putting, Kevin, 
Uh, I know we announced it a few weeks ago, but this is around the time that we were actually scheduled to do it. Uh, our annual charity for Western New York PGA Reach Foundation uh, Duster Putting Challenge is off this year due to COVID. I know that we're all disappointed because it's it's a, such a fun event that the three of us were. It was supposed with. to be last night. Yes. Wasn't it? Yes. That's right. Yeah, it's yep. supposed to be last night. Supposed to be last night, so you didn't miss it because we did not have the event uh, this year, uh, which, believe me, we are disappointed uh, in that, but we felt it was the best decision uh, given the current climate of things, and it was just the appropriate thing to do. So um, we're going to come back next year with the Duster Challenge, and we look forward to doing so. Thank you for all those who have reached out to us and said, hey, where, where's the Duster Challenge? Um, I have people like, I want to do it this year. It sounds like a great thing. It is a great thing. Uh, it will continue. Dusterchallenge.com is the website if you want to know what it's about. Um, so uh, that's still up and everything. But and you can still donate to the Reach Foundation if you want to this year. You don't have to yes. wait till next year's putting challenge to do it. That, that is correct. Uh, you can do it to the Western New York PGA. Uh, so we look forward to being back next year. Uh, better than ever. That's right. All right, one more segment to go here on Tee to Green. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, uh, Ricky Fowler, we promise. How did he miss the cut? Agonizing fashion when we return right after this on WGR on Tee to Green. Final segment, welcome back here on Tee to Green, along with PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Colziel, Corey Griswold producing. Thanks for joining us here. Tee to Green's coverage of the PGA Championship and our two-hour show this week, presented by Niagara Frontier Golf Club. It's not too late to call Frontier home this year. Join now. You can play the remainder of 2020 for just 1000 bucks, and then you can have that money applied to your 2021 dues as well. Call membership director Jake Tino today for more information. Okay, Ricky Fowler. We've been teasing it for a few segments here. Let's get to it. He misses the cut at plus two. The plus one number would have made it. In his second round, Kevin, he lags a putt up near the hole has just a few inches left, and we've seen everybody do it, pros, amateurs, we've all done it, put one hand out to just tap it in, and with the one hand, he actually grazed the ground, which made him just top the ball, and the ball did just a slight rotation, and he came up an inch short from that going in, so he took a double bogey on the hole, and ultimately that stroke proves to be extremely costly. Yeah, missed the cut because of it. and Well, you could say because of that, but it just highlights how uh, erratic he was. I mean, this is a guy that we keep talking about as the uh, best player to not have a major right now. When's he going to get his major and, and the, you know, these things? Listen, and he made the cut. He, he wasn't going to win this week anyways because uh, the scores aren't there for him to catch up uh, with it. It just um, – you know, they, they do that a gazillion times as a freak thing that happened. Look, Shane Lowry missed a 14-inch putt uh, on 10 on the par five. So <laughs> he was lined up to do it. Um, stuff happens out there. It, it just it just looks silly, and uh, uh, he'll get over it. Ricky's fine. He's fine. Maybe a little disinterest at that point. I have a feeling. Yeah, it, it could be. It just it, it it just looks bad. It's just one of those weird things. Um, he had a good cut streak going coming in of made cuts in majors. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure that, that he would have liked to have been around for the weekend. Uh, I was doing a, a radio interview about the PGA championship in, in Rochester um, on one of our sister stations. And they asked me is, you know, about Fowler winning. And they said, is Ricky Fowler still the top name player that has yet to win a major? So I'll ask you to that. 
before I tell you what uh, what I said. Jeff, you want to start? Is Fowler the best player to still not have a major on his resume? I, I don't think he is anymore. I think some of these young guys might might have him beat. Um, as I don't know how they are in the world rankings. Um, I mean, he's the most popular player that maybe hasn't won a major. But I, you know, is Xander Shoffley a better player than Ricky Fowler right now? I think so. I yeah. Think so I think so if right. that's the question, I think, you know, Xander Shoffley is the best player to that or, or someone of that ilk. I think Ricky Fowler is a great player, great guy, uh, a lot of fun for the PGA Tour, but I don't think he's, he's done. He, I think he's in a different mode right now. I don't think he's as good as he was a few years ago. And I don't think he's going to contend like he did in years past. I, I think the, the phrase needs to be changed to who's the most accomplished player to not have like because you're looking at a career thing like no one's going to argue is Xander Shoffley a better player yes he is uh, but he isn't has had the career yet um, I would even say outside of Ricky Mark Leishman is up there in that conversation of uh, most accomplished play, uh, players without a major I mean look at uh, Mark Leishman. Maybe, maybe Matt Kuchar's in that conversation too Matt Kuchar absolutely I mean, to me it's coach Leach Fowler right I mean th those three players Fowler's won a Players Championship, right? He's one of the players, uh, the fifth major. So that's why why I think it leans that way, and he beat Sergio to do it in a playoff. I mean, uh, didn't Cooch win one of those? Didn't Coocher win a Players Championship? No, I, th I thought I he did. I think he did too. I think you're correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, he, and Fowler has won a Players as well. Yes. So you surely argue between those two. Uh, you're, you're right there. Um, I always thought if Ricky's going to win a major, it'd be the Masters. Um, same with Snedeker. Brant Snedeker is certainly in, in that conversation. Um, another guy who's just won a bunch. Um, the FedEx Cup champion, Brant Snedeker. Um, so there's a lot. It just shows you there's a lot of really good players out there. Guys we talk about week in and week out. Billy Horschel, uh, for example. Um, Billy Haas has won a FedEx Cup, right? I mean, you stick at these names yeah. uh, that, that come and go. So. Um, it's a great question, but yeah, I, I would say the best and look at Tommy Fleetwood. Tommy Fleetwood was in the final pairing today. Yes. Right. Tommy Fleetwood, who hasn't even won. Think about that. So Fleetwood, by the way, in the final pairing with Hao Tong Lee, uh, 6 PM Eastern. So remember oh. primetime golf. So you're going to have them on until almost 11 o'clock. Jason Day, Daniel Berger, they're on the second last group at 550. How about this group at 540? Kepka and Rose are together. Uh, some other notable names. You've got Tiger playing at 1 p.m. He's with Keith Mitchell, if you're watching some of the early action. Uh, Mickelson and Poulter, a nice group at 1230. And two good buddies at 1140, if you're watching the real early action. Spieth and JT are together at 1140. Maybe just the mood of them being together will get uh, – some good mojo for them. By the way, Keith Mitchell's got the best caddy nickname, Crunchy Pete. His caddy, Crunchy Pete. Great <laughs> That's guy. That's awesome. Great guy. Caddies always have the best nicknames. <laughs> yes. We already said Fluff. That's one of them, too. Hey, we got about a minute and a half to go here. Last story, and then we'll, we'll see if you want your picks to st stay or change. Rory has his ball on the third hole, stepped on by a reporter walking with the group. Did you see this? By Jane. By Jane yes. my, my friend Jane Crafter, yes. Yes. So, yeah, I saw the ruling. So – the rules official comes over and says, Rory, you can replace it. He replaces it and then says, you know what? I actually think it's sitting up too high. Like he thought it should have been shoved down a little more. So he actually did it, took a bogey on the hole. McElroy will play the weekend here at minus one. He made the cut by a couple of strokes. But 
those honorable yeah. things that sometimes um, well, it's fair. Take for fair. granted. But it was stepped down because she didn't see it. They're looking for the ball. They're correct. Two feet away from her. So he, he, his reasoning was great, Jeff. He says, if we couldn't see the ball stepped on, obviously it was down, down further. That's what he said. He goes, I'm not comfortable with this because I couldn't see the ball from, you know, now I have been able to see the ball. So the lie wasn't that good. You know, that probably happens more often, but it was caught by cameras. Uh, because who he is, and uh, you know, I think that happens a lot more often than you think with these guys. Well, it, no, it doesn't happen because you have spectators and more marshals there, and because they mm. didn't, the ball yeah. wasn't found. True. But kudos to him for doing what probably every pro would do anyway, which is the right thing on that, right? Saying, hey, you know what? I think it should be a little down live. Okay, thirty seconds left. Uh, Jeff, you took Kepka. I think you're sticking with him, right? Correct. <laughs> I took Victor. Yes, I took Victor Hovland last week because he's been playing well. Um, he's minus one. I think he's a little far back. Um, I also liked Finau. He's minus three. I think also still a little bit far. There's just too many big names there. I'll go Daniel. Three back is it bad? Three shots back? That's not bad. All right, thirty-six holes. But I'm going to pick Daniel Berger. He's been red hot. I think if he won a major, it would feel about right for him. So I'll go with Berger. Kev. Um, I'll take the X Man, Xander. Xander, Xander. Yep. He's at four under. Okay, good stuff. That means Jason Day will win six under. But <laughs> the same. So it also would be a good story and his second PGA Championship. Yes, right. it would be. It'd be a great story by for him. By the way, that's right. Hey, I want to thank everybody involved in our two-hour show today. Corey Griswold producing. Thank you very much. I want to thank the folks at Niagara Frontier for uh, presenting our coverage of our PGA championship this weekend in our two hour show, Dan Antonucci, the PGA pro Jake Tino, the membership director, make sure you reach out to them. If you want to check out Niagara frontier, play it, anything. And we've got more giveaways this weekend. So follow them on Twitter and as well as us on Twitter at T to green T to G Buffalo. Okay, guys, enjoy the weekend. We'll talk about who won next week for PGA pro Jeff Metis, Kevin Sylvester. I'm Brian Coziel T to green. Enjoy the PGA championship this weekend. And we'll talk to you next Saturday right here on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.